<clears throat> All right. Well, let's, I mean, not that it's <laughs> coincidence or whatever, but take us down just a, a quick different path than what I would normally uh, do. But um, let's take a look at Isaiah's ladder real quick before we jump into the school of the prophets here. So what are the responsibilities of Zion Jerusalem versus sun servants? Um, Zion Jerusalem, they have no desire to do evil, but to do good and whose sins he forgives. And when they pass their three tests of loyalty, then they rise to the sun servant level and start performing a, a proxy saviorship type of ministry. They deliver others from danger of death and dispersion to Zion. So, um, Interesting, in Isaiah Decoded, he describes it as this. He says that Zion Jerusalem are just men, but sun servants are just men made perfect. And, uh, you know, that language as we um, start looking at calling an election made sure, etc., and uh, escalating the ladder. Um, anyway, just kind of keeping that framework in mind as we uh, take a look at Sons of the Prophets. Um, I mean, school of the prophets, they're, they're, I mean, they're one and the same, right? <laughs> Different dispensation. <laughs> but um, anyway, I think it's just been so enlightening to have so much connection with Come Follow Me, Elijah, Elisha, as we're heading into, you know, Isaiah pretty soon with um, so many sons of the prophet connections coming forward from, uh, from Avraham's podcast, you know, that I highly recommend reading. Um, uh, Tracy sent me Michael Rush's uh, latest video on Sons of the Prophets and, and things. Oh, that blew me away. There's so many great connections happening. Everywhere. And just kind of putting them all together, I think, is uh, crucial for us as we learn what School of the Prophets is for our dispensation and how, not how, but like what that means for us. Why did the Lord lead us here in our book clubs? And um, what purpose is that as we are learning and growing along uh, Isaiah's ladder, etc. Anyway, so <clears throat> just kind of starting off, does anybody have like cool comments or, or questions or things that you've listened to this last week that you really want to um, talk about today? I don't know, just throwing it out there. Where do you want to I saw a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Arrival also asked. <laughs> talk just about it, but holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody that, that doesn't know, that, so with my movie recommendations, like I, I don't recommend movies ever, especially sci-fi. I mean, ugh. but um, <laughs> on Facebook arrival, I posted that on there and then I took it down just because I'm trying to figure out tech <clears throat> stuff behind it for a watch party. But yeah. I, I recommended a movie called Arrival. It's a sci-fi weird thing that's not up my alley at all. Yet, it is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> it has so many good things in it that um, point to, to what we're talking about here and uh, translation and everything. So anyway, if you <laughs> hadn't and seen God, the Facebook post. God knowing his mind. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep just wait till we can all talk about it together and like get the anyway there's there's lots of layers and scopes to it it's so fun but yeah anything else that 
stood out to you guys this week as you're studying and uh, learning with Cameron? Cameron, um, you said, I can't remember when you said this, but you wanted to know what the great and last promise was. And in Anthony Sweat's episode 33, he said the great and last promise is the promise that you can be endowed with high priestly heavenly power in your life to come into the presence of God, to know him, to know his will to have revelation, to be guided, and to be one with him, and to receive a fullness of his blessings. That's the promise. And I don't know if, was reading episode 33 part of our homework? Because I read it anyway. Uh-huh. So it wasn't the original homework, but I found it later on and, and posted it in the, the notes there because it was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it is a big whoa it is incredible mm -hmm. um, and he says that our our school of the prophets is the temple mm -hmm. yeah there's quite a few things that that do come through <clears throat> and get modified into the the temple proper and i mean endowment proper and um into our our modern uh, worship. And then there are certain things that um, have been uh, reserved, even set aside from that. But uh, it's just amazing that we, as a, a dispensation here with restored gospel, much like uh, Michael Rush was talking about, where um, uh, to be called saints, this is the Church of Latter day Saints, and how that ties with sons uh, of the prophets and um, being endowed with power from on high and then taking that uh, a step further and going to you know christ's parable of the the ten virgins we know that the ten are endowed members faithful members that have have uh strove strove for for higher things but only five are fully prepared to come into his presence uh and at the the marriage supper versus the other five that are not and anyways it's so interesting talking about the that that great and last promise like you said like that it was just <laughs> really powerful to me as i was listening to uh, anthony Swift's podcast well as he's guesting on that podcast there but i think what's really neat is to recognize all that president nelson has been calling us to do yeah and and i know that he's on the world stage and he really can't say exactly why but anthony sweat said it in that episode 33 and and i that was just i only made it through like the first 10 pages so far i printed it out and have been reading through i'm like wow and look at this and wow look at this and then he told us president nelson told us to study dnc 88 right that was one of the assignments uh -huh. that he has given us so to repent and to to go to the temple and to sanctify you know and all these things just he's preparing us to see god he's trying to prepare us to see god if we will listen mm -hmm. yeah exactly so um uh, wendy had asked which uh podcast this was and 
it, there's two parts on on YouTube, and I'm trying to. I posted the link to the PDF for the first part, and then I'm getting the second part here in a second. Just a second. Oh, it's called it's called Follow Him Podcast. Here's yeah. the second part. So these are the show notes that you can find on their website as well. Um, but uh, you can watch the the videos. So uh, remind me, it's Hank Smith and who's the other one that lead the podcast? John then, by the way. John by the way, and then. Um, Anthony Switz, a, a guest on there. I tried to get him as an author chat for Lectures on Faith, but haven't heard back from him. <laughs> I, I'm be interesting. <laughs> yeah, because he knows all of this a lot better than I can even hope to. But um, yeah, like I said, Education Week, my very, very first class was Anthony Sweat, The Doctrine and Covenants of Making Your Calling and Election Sure. And I was like, it was, it was mind-blowing. <laughs> Is that last year? Yeah. No, that was 2016, I think, was the first year that we went. And, and it was oh. my very first class in the morning, 8.30, bright and sharp. And I, it was mind-boggling. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's always on uh, Tammy Uzalak Hall's um, Sunday on Monday podcast. He's probably been on there two or three times. Yeah. Speaking then, of which, she's presenting the Education Week for the first time this year. He oh. is so good. Um, <laughs> there's some things that I have to, like, nope but mm -hmm. that's with all of them but um the michael rush video that just came out a couple of days ago is really really good um at the end of it he does all of the president nelson quotes and and we're all like yep we just studied that yep 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 studied that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that that study into president nelson was so foundational for me to not only uh, shore up my testimony, but really open my eyes to the full scope of his prophetic foreordination for us and for this time and leading us to our next phases. Yeah. I, I believe that he is key if we can, um, if we're talking to others, especially members of the church, if we can clue them into his President Nelson's talks, mm -hmm. them into studying the footnotes, going back and going over it. Yeah. I think that that's a way to help people realize and understand what's happening and what's going to happen. Yeah, because many people aren't going to make the jump over to Michael Rush or Avraham Gileadi or anybody, right? But yeah. I mean, they, they trust the prophet. And so it's like, he's telling you, just just listen kind of thing and, and right. actually study. Do the studies that he's telling you to, uh, he's um, inviting you to uh, to take on. Yeah. So I have something else to say. I, so before you had told us that this is our last um, discussion topic that we're going to cover, I, before you said that, I thought, oh, if I just had time to share with other people, maybe I could have like a discussion night or something. Maybe I could do um, President Nelson with some, you know, a group of people here. And maybe it could <laughs> even be on Zoom or maybe it could be in my house or I'm like, oh no, I don't have time to do that. And then you said that. And I was so sad when you said that. And then that came back to my mind. I'm like, okay. I hope that you leave up all your resources. I'm gonna cry. Because you have put it together so beautifully. And then you have laid out so beautifully in such beautiful order. The Lord has led you that we don't even have to do the research. We just have to open up your website and it's all there. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. And I was a latecomer too. So I'm going to say amen, amen. 
Yeah, it, it was all just promptings and, and inspiration on that. And I didn't even know where we were headed, you know, until lectures on faith and, and that poll that we put out. <laughs> and, and then it all started kind of coming together. And then <laughs> I, I don't know if my mom remembers when I kind of told her or whatever, but I was like, I think I'm kind of done. <laughs> I, I think the Lord's leading me in a different direction. And well, it, I hope we stay in touch and, and I hope oh, yeah. we can still communicate. And I, yeah, it's definitely not the end of, you know, all yeah, communication. I mean, all that we have made here and, and beautiful connections. And, and I know we have learning sign if you keep that open that we can communicate that way. And I'm so grateful. Um, and I'm not sure how to share your site with other people, if, how that works. Is that something that you're open to or? Uh huh. Yeah. So, there's going to be, you know, that's kind of like my first phase after I get more time to like kind of do a little bit of a, a rehaul on it to make it more user friendly and more digestible to, uh, I don't know, a little bit different, not broader audience, but like, you know, so that you can share it and, and it's not going to overwhelm people right off the bat kind of thing. It's more sequential and things. Anyway, that's, that's kind of first thing on my bucket <laughs> is to, to kind of get a, a little bit of a revamp to it so that um, so that you can and and so that it's not so password protected that it's hard to get into kind of thing. Yeah, such a blessing. And Darlene, I listened to you um, talk on Saturday and thank you for the beautiful things that you share, always share. And, and I agree, I would love to hear more from you too. Everybody always says it. Yeah. Everybody shush up so we can hear Darlene now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm always too blunt. I love it. Um, so let's kind of dive into Zebedee Coltrane's quote. You know, this was like the main homework thing. You know, it's a couple paragraphs is all. Um, but just reading through that together as a group, um, I think is very interesting. Um, so we we don't have a whole heck of a lot of the dated, like the actual day-to-day -day of that first winter of the School of the Prophets. But what we do have is precious. And so um, Zebedee Coltrane uh, records that at one of these meetings, after the organization of the school, the school being organized on the 23rd of January, 1833, when we were all together, Joseph having given instructions and while engaged in silent prayer, kneeling with our hands uplifted, each one praying in silence, no one whispered above his breath, a personage walked through the room from east to west or left to right. And Joseph asked if we saw him. I saw him and I suppose that others did. And Joseph answered, that is Jesus, the son of God, our elder brother. Afterward, Joseph told us to resume our former position in prayer, which we did. After another person came through, he was surrounded as with a flame of fire. I experienced a sensation that it might destroy the tabernacle as that it was of consuming fire of great brightness. The prophet Joseph said this was the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I saw him. And the original has an exclamation point behind that. Um, so this was on a different occasion when asked about the kind of clothing the father had on. 
Brother Coltrane said, I did not discover his clothing, for he was surrounded as with a flame of fire, which was so brilliant that I could not discover anything else but his person. I saw his hands, his legs, his feet, his eyes, nose, mouth, head, and body in the shape and form of a perfect man. He sat in a chair as a man would sit on a chair. But this appearance was so grand and overwhelming that it seemed I should melt down in his presence. And the sensation was so powerful that it thrilled through my whole system and I felt it in the marrow of my bones. The prophet Joseph said, brethren, now you are prepared to be the apostles of Jesus Christ, for you have seen both the father and the son and know that they exist and that they are two separate personages. And so I think I'm, there's so much to unpack just in that little bit there. But I mean, can you imagine being so cool. in the school of the prophets to begin with and then to be introduced into both Christ and uh, the father's presence I mean man (laughs) when he says I saw him I mean that is like one of the the purest simplest is that three-word testimony that uh, that a person can can have I love it yeah Tracy yeah um when we had that um women's state conference May 2021 um Zebedee Coltrane was mentioned then uh, that conference was about our Heavenly Mother and I remember reading in the literature that they gave us there that Heavenly Mother had walked through at some point too that he has somewhere I I don't have a source for it I just remembered it as I was reading it tonight Mm -hmm. interesting why that isn't always you know, shared around. I, I haven't ever heard that part of it before. I would love to. I remember hearing it at that conference. That conference was pretty controversial because there were a couple of ladies there that were um, kind of going women's liber, like they were advocating that we need to start testifying of Heavenly Mother in sacrament meeting and praying to Heavenly Mother. And so that was pretty upsetting for a whole bunch of people in our stake. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, um, I do remember hearing that though, so I just thought I'd yeah. I'll try to find. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to like. <laughs> I, I, thought yeah. I, did. <laughs> I don't hey, know. Cameron. Yeah. Um, it says in the transcript that now you're ready to be an apostle, mm-hmm. and I think that our our modern day apostles have had that experience. Mm-hmm. And that they can they testify that they know Christ. They don't they don't usually say I've seen him, but they say I know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. I that was the first time that I had it confirmed at that education week with Anthony Sweat. Um, he was he. This is the exact thing. These two paragraphs was what um, he shared in class or whatever. And that was the first time I had ever heard anyone seeing. Uh, heavenly father and the first time that i had uh that that same exact thing of now you are prepared to be apostles like that confirmed that oh of course the apostles do like i i thought that they did i kind of suspicioned but like that was like oh yeah of course i mean that that's why they are apostles that's that 
one of the requirements so that you can actually testify of him and look at the the parallels to joseph smith's first vision as well you know now you are prepared because you have seen both the father and the son and you are will, ready to go testify that they are separate beings and teach and testify of their true character as uh separate individuals with um same in purpose same in heart kind of thing yeah i think that's such an important point um so what if you could like list out a, a bullet point list of what was the purpose of the school of the prophets what was joseph trying to accomplish with the this small group of men it starts out as 14 but it grows into 21 that first uh winter there 1833 but if you could like do a bullet point list of what is he trying to go for here what is the lord telling him to to do with with this group of people what would you guys say is kind of the purpose of the school of the prophets in, in this day yeah lisa so i have no idea whether this is right but just you know like i don't have the background to speak like oh i know mm -hmm. but just from what we read together it feels to me like he's preparing zion it just feels like this is really a fast track. I mean, the, the, it's not like um, the church is that old. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It just yeah. seems like, wow, they're just really fast tracking, um, you know, spiritual progression up the ladder. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like maybe, you know, he's preparing wants to prepare them and to prepare the world and um and i was really interested because it's such a singular event as we've just been talking about so unique you were introduced to it through anthony sweat at education week i was introduced to it this week and through the, this group and these studies and it just made me wonder, what did these men go on to do? Yeah. I mean, how many people do we know that's had something that we know for sure has had something like this happen? So it just really made me want to know what, what happened next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, what's the next step of the journey? Uh, how did that all come about? I mean, what, what were the fruits of it and everything? Yeah. Um. So Tracy, do you still have your hand up or is that from just the prior? No, I just wanted to say also that, um, uh, did you guys catch Elder Holland's social media um, post about King Lamoni? And I don't know, I thought he was telling us he's had his second comforter too, as he read through that. And it, I think they're telling us in their little hidden ways mm -hmm. yeah there was one general conference talk a while back that elder holland uh pretty bluntly uh told everyone that that he has seen him just as sure as as the prophets of old have kind of thing seems like they're telling like people aren't getting it because mm -hmm. like when i was talking to my mom and she's like oh you're scaring me you know and i'm like okay she's not ready to hear it but um I don't know. It's they're telling us, but people aren't really hearing it and listening. Mm -hmm. And 
So anyway. Yeah, kind of like the scriptures, like once you know the phrases to look for, or once you have been taught it by the spirit, now you go back and look and it's been there all yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. It's like in every come follow me lesson and yeah. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> yep, exactly. If they suddenly uh, went away, they're, they're, they're translated. <laughs> I still can't see it until someone else explains it to me, which is so frustrating. That great aunt Rose, oh my heck, like that interpretation from the ordinations. Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't I see it? Oh yeah, she's 11, the 11th hour, of course. Mm -hmm. Why does that need to be explained to me? <laughs> well, no, it, it, it's all... Uh, an interesting progression because like and even a year from now you might go back and read that again and what oh my gosh I thought I understood it back then but now I don't understand it, anything like I do now uh, it's just kind of a fun interesting time to to learn and uh, be taught by by Heavenly Father and in so many different ways yeah Leslie I wish I'd written all this stuff down instead of just highlighting it um, going to Anthony's talk, um, he, he says that, um, about receiving an endowment and he says, um, he, Joseph was trying to give them the great power and capacity, capacity of ancient, um, priests, people like. Enoch, Melchizedek, Isaiah, and the brother of Jared. Um, and that's far beyond, I don't want to say just seeing Christ, but it encompasses so much more because they they were they they were so much more than um, it was he wants them to become the men who they were. And, and somewhere in here, it says he wanted uh, that Joseph wanted a nation of high priests and high priestesses. And um, anybody know where that is? I don't in Anthony Sweat's thing, but um, when we're talking about Moses, uh, you know, paraphrasing, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but uh, word to God that all his people were prophets. Yeah. And, uh, Joseph took that and ran with it and was like, Yes, word to God that all of this dispensation could be prophetic and and come yeah. into his presence like that. Yes. Leslie, that's at eleven twenty-nine mark. Oh, bless you. Thank you. So I think that when we read the scriptures, we think that these are for prophets. And I like what you just said. Can you share that quote, Cameron, about one all the prophets? And I, and I believe that's what we're supposed to be doing. These examples are in there so that we can all do these things. We can all understand these things and understand that we have these, these uh, um, opportunities, I guess that's the word, mm -hmm. how, how obedient we choose to be and how faithful and getting the debris out of our life and all those, all those things that President Nelson has told us to do. Mm -hmm. And, and even uh, the word of wisdom, I listened to that, to that book on the word of wisdom, like, okay, oh my gosh, well, how do I do this? Because this is what I want. I, I, I anyway. Um, another, go ahead. Another quote, he says, Anthony says, um, 
he's talking about the June 1831 conference. Um, written down somewhere. Hang on, let me. One handed. Okay. I, I think what Joseph is trying to do is to help these men to not be so afraid because they, they, the Lord was giving them the opportunity to see him. And what was that in, um, I'm not so good with the, the details of what was what, but they, um, that there was fears in their hearts and that's why they didn't receive the promise of seeing, of seeing Christ. And, um, Joseph wants him, them to have what he has, yeah. just like when we find something wonderful, we want to share it. We want other people to experience this, this the things that we have. And, um, and so the quote that I was going to read is 2816. It's at 2816. The quote? Yeah, I think you were talking about 1831. Um, you, I'll start reading it and then let me know if, if that's where you are. Okay, um, if I could put it in my own language, the great and last promise is the promise that you can be. Um, oh, that's what you read, Janet, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to keep reading it or no? Yeah, go for it. Um, that you can be endowed with high priestly heavenly power in your, in your life to come into the presence of God, to know him, to know his will, to have revelation, to be guided and to be one with him. I'm thinking so much of how they, uh, the importance of them being at one with each other in there um, and to receive a fullness of his blessings. That's the promise. And I'm not gonna go on about the movie again, but that was all, all in, in there. It's, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I just have no words, so. Yeah, it's all just like, it's almost such a flood of information that it's almost like too much of a flood to even speak. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. here's all my feelings. <laughs> I haven't been able to do it. <laughs> I tried with Becky and I failed repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not to push that movie all the time, but like, oh my goodness, it unlocked the endowment for me in a whole new way that I didn't even know that was there before um yeah it, yeah yeah <laughs> there's there's truths everywhere and you know like they uh like the lord told the early saints you know seek ye out of the best books like i've i've scattered all of these truths everywhere enlightened people as far as they were able to to receive and just start talking amongst yourselves start talking with each other <laughs> find out what other gems other people have have gained and and, and grow with each other in that Amazing. unity principle. Amazing. 
that one that Anthony Sweat um, that we've been talking at, if you look um, where Hank is talking at 3009, uh -huh. this is really cool. So he's talking about, I remember when the veil is part of her brother, Jared, Elder Holland spoke at that moment. And I think it ties well in here. He says, it was declared when the brother of Jared did that, or, did that, that ordinary people with ordinary <clears throat> problems. He said, this is a man whose best ideas were rocks. <laughs> A man who didn't even have a typical name, a man who forgot to pray, and once and for once for all time, it was declared that ordinary people with ordinary problems can rend the veil. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, often we look at him as like such a, a role model, like we could never measure up. And it's like, but look at what the scriptures are actually saying, you know, like he had his flaws. There, there were some things that, that he was not perfect in. And that gives us hope. Like we can also uh, come unto the same blessings, even if our best ideas are rocks, <laughs> as he says. You know, I, as I was reading that and I was thinking, okay, he's wanting us, to, we're trying to learn to be able to know God, know, see, see him. And so this, this kind of, my mind's weird. So just bear with me for a sec. <laughs> so my, where I went was, okay, what if I was like 21, 22 years old, and all of a sudden, I found out that my mother and dad was not my mother and dad, and, and all of a sudden, these new people came into my life that were, and I was having to get to know them. How would I go about that? How would I get, would I, would I put up a wall and say, nope, I don't want to know anything about you? Or would it get into me and I would say, and they were world famous book writers or something like that you know just authors and would I read all the writings that they had written to get to know kind of the stuff they'd done if they were filmmakers what they were would I want to spend time with them would I and to me that was like okay them are all them things we don't know him and these are all the ways for us to get to know him and they're trying to show us what things we need to do to get to know them mm -hmm. yeah i love that and that's kind of like the pattern of the school of the prophets you know like the lectures on faith as it yeah. plays out it's like you have to know who they actually are absolutely get to know them and and then grow and, in that knowledge like it's such a fun and, process and don't every time you see the things that that christ did and and healing these these people and these different and it's like doesn't your heart just melt to say oh my gosh what i i, I would love to be that woman at the well you know the one, i mean anywhere <laughs> I, I don't care i just i would it just it just melts me and, and each time it's like wow what an amazing person you know that is and that's our brother you know mm -hmm. And Kathy, he wants us to have that power. He wants us to do those miracles. I, I know that. I, I very much so. And that's the other part of that in there. If we learn all those attributes, we will have those attributes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, it just takes me back to when President Nelson is speaking to the youth of the church. Is it in Becoming True Millennials? I can't remember which one, but one of those uh, CES ones. And uh, he first introduces the, the topical guide on, um, on Jesus Christ. And he's like, will you do it? 
like, will you take the time to get to know him? And uh, Wendy asks him afterward, you know, like, what, what's different? And he, I'm a changed man, because I got to know my, my elder brother, and, um, you know, assimilating those qualities, like, like Kathy was just saying, uh, once you read those things, you want those things, and then you pray for those things and do the work necessary to, to become like him uh, on ever increasing levels. That's uh, such a perfect pattern, a perfect analogy there that you, you brought. Um, so let's see, Lisa had her hand up and then, but do you still have uh, a comment to put in there? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I don't have anything. Okay. I, I'm going to move into speechless too. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go with Becky and then Wendy. Um, on the lines of getting to know him, I was doing some studying this morning. I got sidetracked and hopefully I. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So if you can hear us, Becky, it's like. I won't lose you guys a picture of something. But one of my relatives was. Can you guys still hear me? No, we can't hear you at all. <laughs> it, it finally started catching up. So I think that you're good now. Okay. So I, along the line, I don't know where you guys lost me. So along the lines of um, getting to know him, as I was studying this morning, um, I kept hearing a name and realized that I was related to somebody who was in school of the prophets, which I did not know. Um, and so I was trying to look up on Family Tree, our connection and see if that same person was who it was. Anyways, I was reading in a memory that somebody posted on there. Um, it was it was about Zion's camp, but Joseph had told him that the purpose of Zion's camp was to unlearn everything you had learned in the world. And I thought how perfect that fits along with this because um, his comment afterwards, um, uh, my relative's comment afterwards was that this was a new God to him. He didn't really know Heavenly Father. He didn't really know Jesus Christ and this opened it up to him. So anyways, it, it hit me really hard today, um, at least for myself, that I need to be praying for help to unlearn because, you know, we've got all these years, however long each of us have been alive, that we have learned the ways of the world, and we have to unlearn those to be able to learn all these things that the Lord is wanting to teach us through um, the lessons in School of the Prophets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, that unlearning process, you know, again, not to push arrival on anybody, but it, it talks about, well, I mean, it shows that call out process, the tent city process, um, the kind of pit stop on the way to Zion is all about the unlearning and reversing all of the damage that Satan's done 
giving up the, the murder to get gain principle, the entropy principle that Todd McLaughlin talks about, and actually learning the truth and, and coming into the presence. But a lot of that truth can only be had from others, uh, other witnesses and testifiers, and from, from God himself teaching you, because Satan is so masterful at the uh, that at the counterfeit kind of a thing so i i love that principle that unlearning and stuff i'm gonna have to like find that that quote and things about um, zion's camp there can you put, I, the, put, you put it in the chat because it the pic the picture the link it's no can i the, put a the story yeah and the end sign or on the let church. me see if i can find it and not lose you guys i'll i'll, I'll work on it okay you're good that'll be fun all right. Um, so yeah, Wendy and then Leslie. No. <laughs> well, have you written like a blog post or something about the connection with the un arrived the arrival? Because I'd love to read that. <laughs> I have seen but... the movie, but I like all those connections. Uh-huh. So um a lot Good. of people were asking me about it. And so I posted on the Facebook group this last week, but then I took it down of, hey, let's have a watch party where we all just get together online and watch it and like pause and really dive into a lot of the metaphors and the, the connections and stuff. But I got to figure out like a better way. <clears throat> Zoom is starting to kind of seem like the, the best way to do it. I Because Amazon Prime has a watch party feature, but it's only chat. It's uh, like text. It's not face-to-face -face interaction kind of thing. And I really want Anyway, I'm trying to figure out the, the glitches on it and then we'll we'll actually do like a watch party because there's so much and I would love to share some of the stuff that I, I learned this last week that, anyway, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, there's, you know, there's so much truth in in the media. I don't know how the Lord gets it there sometimes. I'm like, somebody's inspired. I don't know. So, um, so I was going to say, um, I'm not sure where, to take this but just as far as disconnect like it's almost like a disconnecting from the world um disconnecting from babylon so we uh, as we connect with him and i think we can't truly disconnect until we have a connection already mm -hmm. um and so what i what i keep thinking about is covenants and the importance of that you know we, we know president nelson has talked so much about that about the importance of covenants and as we take the covenants to the other to the people on the other side of the veil as our hearts turning to them and um there's something to us and them needing that but the us to you know the connection to each other but especially the connection to the lord and being united and so like in the come follow me study just to kind of bring us to what we're all like talking about in our come follow me but in second kings 23 3 here's a scripture that kind of um helps to clear um, express what's in my heart and it says and the king stood by a pillar pillars are super symbolic and made a covenant before the lord to walk after the lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul so he's covenanting and it's with it's with the people too he's covenanting for the people in a sense and i've been told to do this for my family but it's, I mean, we, we, it's like, there's the official confidence we go to the temple and we make, right? But when you go to the temple and the Lord tells you, or he's, you know, he's asking, or, or just in your scripture study, you can ask, what's the next covenant to make? Mm -hmm. And there will be a covenant that he's asking of you 
personally to do. And when you make that covenant with him, here's what it goes on to say on, on this. Um, well, and it said to walk after the Lord, right? And so I imagine like when you make a covenant, you're holding his hand and you're yoked with him. And then you receive the cut, the attributes and the talents and the gifts that you need to do that work. And that's how you learn how to be like the Lord. That's how you receive these things is because you covenanted with him to do that work, to perform the words of this covenant that are written in this book. So it is the word of God. And you, be, you become a part of that. You become part of that process. And then you're a living creature in Christ. And then you can command whatever he wants you to command. He tells you to do this and you do it. So when Becky, just I hope, I hope this is okay and it's not going to offend anybody, but when you're having electrical problems, I don't know if anybody else did this, but I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, what can we do? And he told me to cast out. He told me, it's like, there's interference there. And, and not cast out wasn't the word. It was interference. And she needs to have that cleaned out, remove it, cut it off. And then it was aligned to the purpose of, I can't remember. It's not words. It was just like, mm-hmm. help her to be, help us to be able to receive it. And I don't know if that helped or not. Sometimes I'm like, Heavenly Father, this is all in my head, but it's not. (laughs) And we need to trust that, that what is he asking us to do and to create with him? You know what I mean? It's, it, and it comes, he tells us what his covenant is with us. If we ask and we're willing to let go of the world and to trust that that's, that he's going to walk with, walk really ahead of us like on a trail or something and and to help us along the way so anyway that's just what i see from the school of the prophets is he's trying to help them to make covenants with the lord yeah yeah i love that like growing up in the church sometimes we 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 understand the saving ordinances and the covenants associated but personal covenants are kind of a taboo subject sometimes and you know i don't know is it kosher do we do that like uh, what does that relationship look like? Who defines the terms, et cetera? But, um, you know, following President Nelson's counsel, go to the temple and ask, you know, what is, um, what do I need to be doing? And all the time, it, it's always a personal covenant and things that help unlock. Uh, he gives you a, a key. And once you learn that pattern, that order, you turn the key and unlock the next door. And then there's another covenant to make and and more um things to learn and grow into. I love that. And so important to keep that covenant that you make. There's this um, this man and his, his wife is a member and he isn't yet. So the missionaries were teaching him and he wasn't interested, but then he got um, arrested and he had a, you know, possible he was going to go to jail. And so he said, um, I promise that if I don't go to jail, I'll be baptized. So, so he made this covenant, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't go to jail and the missionaries were still teaching him and he wasn't keeping commitments and he lost his, his, his perfect job and he started getting, he has diabetes, like all these things just start like piling up. And, and, and I, and I said to him, I said, you know, you made a covenant that you would be baptized. And he goes, oh, well, I just don't know if I know the book of Mormon is true and I'm not ready. I'm like, but you made this covenant. You need to find out, you need to work on this. And so and now it's where his wife isn't coming to church and he's not coming to church and he doesn't have a job. Like, just, 
this whole big snowball just in like four months this has happened and this is so sad to watch but mm -hmm. to keep those those covenants or commitments that you make yeah for sure there was one time this was let's see i don't know probably 2014 ish <laughs> or whatever but um the lord was was telling me to do something but i was just like kind of dragging my feet like i don't know i i don't i didn't really want to do it but then i was like okay heavenly father like right now right here if you will show me a sign and i told him what sign i wanted and um then then i'll do it and like immediately two seconds later the sign happened exactly how i had told him to give it to me or whatever and it scared me so bad that i just ran away from the whole situation and was like ah no 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 i'm not ready <laughs> and that that importance because it took me a couple of years to recover from that um because there was lots of withdrawals because you said you wanted it you you told me you would do it and i'm just showing you that you're not as strong in your commitments as you think you are and it was like oh it was kind of heartbreaking and it took me down a, a path of like okay do i really want to keep my covenants with exactness in order to get greater blessings because that i was still i mean i wasn't even close to being like awake to the things of god yet but like i don't know just do i want a, to choose that path because i know how hard it's going to be versus keeping commitments with god uh, anyway <laughs> it's kind of a, a stupid story but um I feel a lot of times no, it's like, good. It, it shows a lot uh-huh like layman and lemuel you know like oh the lord doesn't make anything known to us like that but then how many times were like angels present or uh shock therapy involved and it's like boom ah and then you just run away <laughs> but how many times we do that in in our various ways and then um and then the lord really can can work with us and go okay now you've seen your reaction there we're going to try to improve your response and, and and work with you and grow with you but sometimes it takes a little bit of a wake-up call to to come to that but yeah um he's patient with us he knows what we need yeah i yeah. have so many times where i go backwards i'm like oh i thought you know i wanted this and then it doesn't and it just did he remove the promise and it's no he just we have time to grow. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And so, like, if you were to ask me <laughs> a couple months ago, like, what is the purpose of the School of the Prophets? I would have said, well, to, to come into his presence, to see God. And then um, I, I've really revamped that over the past few weeks with uh, everything. That's just kind of an outcome or not an end goal, but... Uh, a fruit of what the school of the prophets is kind of really about and, and teaching us and stuff. It, it, it's just been so fun to, to really dive in and, and study it. Um, do you remember like when I, I told you guys back when we were studying book of Nelson that the, I, I went to the Lord and was like, okay, do you really want us to study lectures on faith? Because that's some heavy stuff. <laughs> like, I don't even know. And, uh, answer was yes and the whole curriculum came kind of thing and then um i i started diving in and, and studying it and the lord was like no he like slapped the back of my hand <laughs> i could i could almost still see it in, in my mind what, what happened that night he was like no you wait 
And um, now I can totally see his vision for that. Like all of the information that has come through Elisha and Elijah come follow me with, I mean, all of the other things that he was leading me down um, all crescendoed right at once and stuff like it would have been crazy for me to try to prepare and, and learn all this stuff, you know, like way ahead of time uh, to try to bring to the table anything or whatever. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of falls in that, that same line of personal covenants. I was like, I, I just kind of had to make a, make a promise of like how much I want to press forward, but I, I will wait, you know, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever done <laughs> was to try to wait and study. But yeah, Leslie. Okay. So, um, you know, I found two things. Um, what I, as far as making covenants, I was terrible about making or keeping personal covenants when I had the mindset that when I didn't really believe that he would, Christ would be on my right hand on my left and that angels would be around out to bear me up because I can't do it on my own. Not, not very well, not consistently. And um, so I, for me, it was a, a faith thing. Um, and then the second thing is, so what is it? School of the Prophets, what is it really about to you? Uh, you're asking me, or that's what yeah. your other thing is? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not telling. I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to come up with lots of things. You know, I think we've touched on uh, a lot of it, but it was an endowment of power before they uh, went out on missions as apostles. You know, they had to... Um, be prepared in quite a few different learning things, you know, it was, the church was still a melting pot and, um, you know, trying to get everybody on the same page, uh, get into his presence, be witnesses of him and send them out. So an endowment of power kind of thing. Um, but really I, you know, and they, they hone in on this, the, the second winter, I guess the third winter, um, that they're they're doing it but developing faith sufficient to part the veil and teaching others how to do that since they've done it themselves um you know receiving the second comforter uh, uh as a witness of, of jesus christ is it's kind of a, a fruit but um receiving the ordinance and you know we do that uh in part in our endowment now uh, becoming clean from the blood and sins of this generation for for the men uh before they go out um, so that they have power over Satan, as uh, we have many different early missionary stories, right, of Satan thwarting, trying to thwart the work. Uh, the gift of prophecy, you know, learning how to do that, because look at the sons of the prophets, um, all of the different things that we've learned about from there. The sons of the prophets are learning very specifically how to prophesy. That's one of their main goals uh, in the Old Testament type is learn how to receive revelation, and write scripture. And I think that that's the same for uh, School of the Prophets and, and for us. How many of them come out of that writing very profound truths? Um, how to receive and practice their spiritual gifts and building unity, like Zion, you know, and, and later Zion's camp that uh, really refines uh, some of those things. Because 
there's only so much that you can learn in the classroom. And then there's um, actually living it in <laughs> when <laughs> elements are an issue and when you have all of these other things to to learn like oh yeah I can I can be an excellent saint when I'm in the temple or when I'm in church or whatever but then when it's a hundred and something degrees outside and I'm sweating and I'm frustrated am I still going to maintain those principles kind of thing so I think that that's kind of like the precursor it's a um the book smart end of the the whole learning process there I don't know there there's a lot of different things but those were some of my bullet points that uh kind of come out of it that I would have said it's pretty much the the fruit, you know, coming into his presence. That's that's the purpose. But there's so much more that the fruit is just a manifestation once you've got all those other things um, accomplished, I guess, or or morphed into, grown into. <laughs> Tracy, uh, I really was just going to say something. Tracy's <laughs> prompted me to say something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had the salutation there handy. Uh -huh, yeah, DNC. I think it would be good to just read through that because I think that to me that it says quite a bit in the salutation of what they're doing. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. So while I'm getting that pulled up, Lisa, what do you have? I have another question for you. Right. But let's, you know, finish with Darlene's and then you can come back to my question. Right. Um, let me just pull this up. All right, so DNC 88, verse 133. So again, this is with uplifted hands to heaven, a crucial part to, to this. And fun fact, well, no, I'll do that afterward, actually. Um, so verse 133, as they approach, the, the teacher or whoever's in charge that day uh, salutes the brethren with uplifted hands and says, Art thou a brother or brethren? I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in token, the uplifted hands, or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship, in a determination that is fixed, immovable and unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love, to walk in all the commandments of God blameless in thanksgiving forever and ever. He that is found unworthy of this salutation shall not have place among you, um, but as they are found worthy, then they recite that back or they simply say amen. But I mean, the more I read that, the more I'm like, uh, oh my the, the two key words that stand out to me is the friends, because where else do we hear that? The mm -hmm. friend and, uh, and then the brother part. Yeah. Powerful. Do a sign. So is that all that you've got? That's all I Okay. <laughs> Just making sure so I don't pass it up. I truly... <laughs> I truly think that it has to do with Zion and, uh, and we, we know we need to be translated to be, become a part of the actual Zion when the city Zion and stuff. I think they were working towards that. Well, that definitely takes me to the temple, right? That whole thing was temple, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
like one of the questions that I had after after reading that so many times um, and like, okay, how do we incorporate this into our group and everything? But I, I asked my mom, I'm like, okay, mother, why don't we enter the temple and at the recommend desk, uplift our hands to heaven and quote this? Like, where where's the disconnect? Why don't we do that? And then, I don't know. Anyway, it, it you know, just kind of like one of those download things when it all just kind of clicks and make becomes clear or whatever. It's like, the recommend desk isn't the same part, but when do you uplift your hands? That's where the school of the prophets begins. Not at the recommend desk, but when you do uplift your hands, because you still do that, but you're looking in the wrong place. You're, you're trying to make it too early. Look at, at later on. When do you do that? In the prayer circle. Yeah. Anyway. Um, can I... Ask, I guess I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm. The, should I go do go after Lisa? Yeah. So is Lisa like is yours along the same point? It's along. It's along the same lines of when you say that's where um, the school of the prophets begins, and the Lord has been teaching me. It's like, you don't ask me enough questions. You, you need, you need to start like in the temple. You need to, because that's where that begins. So they get, if that's the beginning, they get taught all sorts of things in the endowment. So I should be having a session with the Lord in the celestial room if if the prayer circle is the beginning and i think have we talked about that before or have i heard it before i don't know if is this ringing a bell for anybody else no okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah for sure so what's uh lisa what's your question my question has to do somewhat with the temple. Um, I was wondering if you, Cameron, would mind elaborating on um, break, really breaking down what it is to come clean as far as the blood and sins of this generation. Mm -hmm. If you could help break that down, because I thought I understood, and now I'm I'm not really sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, kind of taking both of those. Um, so Todd McLaughlin probably does like the best exposition on blood and sins of this generation. Uh, which week did I post the link to uh, his website on? I think that was... Are you talking about the Sisters of Liberty presentation or something on his no. website? Yeah, on his website. His website is uh, toawakenarise.com, I think. Um, and he gives like a, a three-part series on uh, becoming clean from the blood and sins of this generation. And it is in connection with his first um, Sisters of Liberty presentation. Um, but anyway, he, he dissects it so intricately and uh, great I would highly recommend doing those and I posted the links to those somewhere in the first four weeks I can't remember 
<laughs> which one, but I'll, I'll find those and get those. But um, I think an important question to ask off the bat is, what is it referring to? What is this generation? Is it your generation, like, you know, millennials? Or is it uh, your generation as in this dispensation? Is it this generation as in this earth, this generation uh, of, of God's children? Um, so I think that that's crucial in our our framework, because uh, sometimes we, we just automatically make assumptions, but becoming clean from the blood and sins of this generation through our faithfulness, um, at least for men, because <laughs> it's different for women, but um, it, it's an interesting thing to, to study the initiatory wording along with the endowment wording along those same lines, blood and sins, uh, with the family proclamation and with um, Moses chapter two and three. Taking all of those, I think, you know, and reading Todd McLaughlin's thing because he wraps all those together. But those are kind of like the, the essential pattern of gender roles and, and why do we even need to become clean from them? the blood and sins of a generation because like doesn't christ do that doesn't christ wash all of that clean and stuff why would we have to answer or need to become clean from that um I, a big part of it i think when we were talking earlier the unlearning like becky was talking about uh, becoming clean from from this generation is like unlearning all of the 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 lies and and fully focusing on the the truth so that we can stand as witnesses and proxy saviors um i don't know i don't necessarily have like the best wording on that to to distill it but um yeah i would just point to, to tom mclaughlin's and then kind of read those scriptures together as as a study that'll be my assignment yeah <laughs> and i wonder if you have just off bad if you can unpack this if there's any correlation between the blood and sins of this generation and the other topics we've been discussing so much about the uh, ancestral or intergenerational healing if there's any resonance between yeah so i think um like as we ask the question you know what is this generation i think that it's purposely phrased how it is so that it can apply on every level so yes we need to become clean from the blood and sins of this generation of the earth but also of this generation and this generation and this generation and uh one of those is our our ancestry our family lines and, and cleaning those up um and it's not just about washing our hands and going all right, Lord, you, you take care of it, but it's about getting our hands dirty and learning how to heal. Uh, I think that's one of those lines um, in, in that process there. But yeah, I think that that ties in perfectly for it. So and, how would it apply to women also? Uh-huh, yeah. And, and how different genders do that differently because men and women have very different responsibilities in the cleaning up of, of 
whatever generation you're speaking of. Mm, okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, those are just my thoughts. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> That's where where I'm at, but I haven't got a super great vocabulary and everything around it yet. Um, so as far as the prayer circle is kind of the beginning of the, I, I, like we're in the terrestrial sphere or room or, or whatever you want to say, kind of depending on which temple you're in, but, um, but the terrestrial level learning doesn't actually happen until the prayer circle and beyond. Um, kind of like the ladders on Isaiah's ladder, right? Um, you're never firmly only in one level. Like you're not just Zion, Jerusalem, that's where I'm at. But you, you're learning and overcoming the prior one, as well as reaching upward and getting taught about the, the next level as well. And so it's kind of a transitionary model. Um, but I find that uh, when that finally distilled upon me, that like School of the Prophets starts at the prayer circle and continues onward from there, that some of the most potent, powerful learning happens so quickly. Like, I mean, you have like this huge endowment and then <laughs> everything's right at the last, just really compacted and uh, you're brought into his presence kind of a thing. But if you can learn to use the four parts of the veil ceremony in perfect harmony, you can unlock time like a rival and, and slow that down and, and truly learn. That's where all of the learning happens in the terrestrial sphere is in that, that, that time warp that can happen there. I don't know if that makes sense. It'll make more sense when we actually talk arrival in depth and <laughs> the access and time kind of thing. I have something I would like to share and maybe ask what you all think about this, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. I went to the temple um, on Friday morning and I did an endowment session and I was alert and awake and had a good night's rest. But I do not remember the, the fourth sign at, at the veil or the prayer circle, and then, or not at the veil, before and in session, and then at the prayer circle. And then when I got to the veil, the, um, the worker messed up the fourth, I think he messed up, he left out words and he did it like three times. But then I said it right. So I, I just keep, I keep thinking about this since Friday. I keep thinking, so what am I supposed to learn from this? And I prayed and I'm not getting an answer. And there was a sister sitting next to me that I knew and I called her and I'm like, did that really happen? Because I don't remember that happening. I remember everything else, but I do not remember that happening. Oh yeah, that happened. Did it happen here and there? Oh yeah, that happened. It all happened. The hell? And I didn't tell her about the veil part, but um, all, th all three of those were all about that last sign that last covenant. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Like, you know, I don't know the full scope and, and everything of that, but I've had similar things happen to me where 
what I found out in retrospect and, and working through it was that the person that I was going through for being proxy for wasn't necessarily ready for that knowledge or commitment or covenant quite yet. You know, we were taking their name through their temple, but um, that they're almost kind of being shielded from certain things that they're not ready for through, you know, the law of grace and, and, and mercy there. But, um, but in time, they'll, they'll definitely get there as, uh, as they learn and grow as well. But um, they're still present for that ordinance. Um, but, but sometimes there's just a little bit of um, a protective veil so that they have the grace to keep continue learning. Like it, it might be just a little too much for them at the time. But again, I don't know the, the full scope of, of what you're talking about, but where it was consistently at the same part uh that possibly could be one of the reasons I that would... is interesting yeah interesting thank you for sharing that <laughs> sorry i'm choking <laughs> go for it that ordinance worker is there every time i go on fridays so i know that person knows what they're supposed to be saying mm -hmm. yeah moving out the second the second one of that fourth one the second part of Second phrase of that fourth one. And it's interesting, like as a temple worker, because <laughs> um, I learned fairly quickly all the things, but all of the temple workers warned me. They're like, there will be some times in the temple when you just lose it. You're like, uh, where am I at? Where, <laughs> what, what's going on? Kind of a thing, uh, which happened to me for the first time this last week. And um, I don't know, I, I was just kind of like repenting with the Lord, like, sorry, my brain must have not been in the right place and stuff. But then uh, it was kind of confirmed to me that same thing of, no, the, the person, I don't know if it was the proxy or um, the person, uh, the name on the card, but they needed you to stumble at that point so that they would pay more attention uh, for that specific purpose or whatever. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's not totally me, but you know, like he allowed me to get my mind distracted or whatever in what I was doing uh, so that they could have uh, the experience that they needed in their process and stuff. So it, it's interesting because like, yeah, as temple workers, I mean, you do it all the time, every, uh, every time that you're serving, but yet uh, still make lots of little mistakes. But uh, I find that some of those are for, um, somebody's good uh, whichever person needs it the most <laughs> that's so interesting because and especially that sister saying no all those things happen and you did all those things but i don't remember doing that at all like i don't remember that i don't remember it at all mm -hmm. just not there but i remember everything else mm -hmm. <laughs> and doesn't doesn't that also apply in our daily lives yeah <laughs> I mean, there's things that I'm that I'm going through that's helping my ancestors or I'm helping clear stuff for them. And so when you said that, I'm like, it was like a light bulb, like, okay, be patient with myself. I'm, I'm doing work for them. I mean, my body's a temple. Yeah. Right. And there's some things that they're just, they're, they have to go, they, we need to learn with our body that they're, they're relying on. So mm -hmm. I think, I think we need to be more patient with ourselves. Interesting. Anyway, sorry, Tracy, your hand was up. Yeah, um, that happened to me about a year ago in the temple. It was it was at the second part at the veil, and um, I I swear 
I was asked the same thing, like, I'll bet you 17 times. And it was, at first I thought, oh, it's an older guy, you know, and he just can't hear me. But it was, it was so, oh, it was so embarrassing because um, I kept looking at the temple worker to help me. And he's like, <laughs> say it louder. And I'm just like shouting and anyway but I I really had to ponder that was that you know what was that yeah <laughs> and I guess I finally came down with um <laughs> yeah you go to the temple a lot Tracy but what are you really learning are you really learning anything <laughs> so finally I figured it out but it took me a long time to ponder it and like you know but I also liked hearing maybe it was the name I was doing too. Maybe we were both kind of needing that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's the, the workers as well. Like, I mean, thank goodness like, that we only are proxy for one person at a time. Or else we would be overwhelmed. It was like so many times, like I remember it was Katie was there with me and she was like kind of getting worried because we've been up <laughs> together and she, she was like, mom, it was the day I went to ask about the, the COVID shot. It was a heavy day anyway for me, but um, she was like really worried because I was, I was there for five extra minutes or so, <laughs> trying to like get to the third level. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. crazy. Anyway. How about that? Yeah, Leslie. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just thinking of, of this in relation to being proxy um, and slowing down, you know, I'm assuming we can deliberately slow down time for them as we come to um, be able to exercise that power um, to, help, to help them and I'm going to be more mindful about who I'm taking before, long before I open up my temple ordinance card case and pull out a name because I have a feeling that there is um, a lot of good that we can do for them um, before we actually get to that prayer circle with them and help them. And I had not, I had not considered that before. Yeah. So, you know, like how I, I don't actually know if this is a real story or if this is just missionary folklore, but like when, um, uh, let me try to figure out what it is. Okay. Um, there was like a new ward or a branch or something, they needed to grow it. And so they were like, um, I don't know, going through the, the phone book and being like, oh yeah, let's go there. Let's go here. Like. Uh, trying to figure out um, people that they wanted to to staff their their ward with. I don't know if <laughs> I'm like really butchering that story, but um, anyway, so they they go through and they're like, okay, we need a young men's president, and so they go through um, a list of names, whether it's a phone book or whether it's here or whatever, and they pick out who they think would be an excellent young men's president. And then they just uh, go and teach them and it ends up happening. And they do this over and over again kind of thing. 
but um I, along the lines of what you just said leslie like yeah i have a little uh before being a temple worker i have a, like a little packet of names and i just pull out one you know hoping that the lord picks the right person you know it's <laughs> like picking your own magical wand in harry potter like it chooses you kind of thing but like i learned this principle a few years back of really connecting with the the names that i'm going to be proxy for and the few times that I that I really did it full on was so transformative. Um, I go and, and really research them in family search. You know, it, it's kind of the, the process of, okay, yeah, I'll pick one, uh, whichever one that, that really speaks to me. And then I just do everything in my power to connect with that person. I try to build all of their memories, all of their sources, just find out everything about their life so that when I'm in the endowment, I, I feel like I know them, you know, and, um, you know, no one ever uh, restricts you from writing on the card. So like on the back of the card, I write down every little thing about that person. I write, oh, uh, you know, they had three miscarriages. Well, it's not that I go through for women, but um, <laughs> the, the guy, you know, like his wife went through three miscarriages and um, they had a really hard time. And there's this much space in between their kids and um, just really pondering them. Uh, connecting with them before the endowment even starts and um, I, I you know review the the back of the card and uh, everything as I'm going through and I tell you those were some of the most powerful experiences ever of connecting um, there there's certain times when I know that they're experiencing the endowment through me in a new way because I've paid attention and I've tried to connect with them. I've tried to hear their voice. Um, uh, anyway, it's very transformative. It's not just rifling through. I mean, that that works too, right? I mean, the ordinances need to get done, but um, it's not just picking a name, whichever one calls out to you, but putting forth a little bit of extra work. And sometimes that may be necessary. Sometimes it won't, but um, man, I just wish I could have time to do that every single time and really be that person's escort for the day, that person's proxy. What a great sacrifice. I had that happen to me Friday at the temple. I, I was there and I had picked who I was going to do. And then I, I got done and there was one more endowment session and I had just done her initiatory and I could feel I needed to do her endowment and so because like this Friday I'm going to do her her ceilings and I don't know I was so tired but I stayed and did her endowment and oh it was just so amazing I got home at midnight but it was awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I I'm going to make this sacrifice for her. Yeah. It was, I was crying the whole night. Yeah, that's amazing. It was amazing. Like President Nelson says, um, and again, I'm paraphrasing, probably butchering it, but um, the building of these temples probably won't change your life, but your time in them surely will. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I would ever do without temple and family history work. Like, it has revolutionized my discipleship and the path that I'm on. Like, without it, I would be kind of a, a lone floater um, in 
gospel learning, connecting with God and, and everything. But that, that temple work is absolutely crucial in uh, keeping me stoked and going like I'm, I'm doing this for people like I've got to I've got to keep going I, I've got to make additional sacrifices do this work and uh, it's propelled forward in all the the aspects of of study and learning and, and things but yeah it, it's such an important work turning the hearts of the children to their fathers and the fathers to the children yeah anyway I <laughs> kept everyone really late sorry <laughs> going to have full night classes before too long. <laughs> so um, next week is our first, well, I mean, it's still the preface, but our first official week in the actual lectures. So the, the background article is, uh, you know, it's a little bit longer than, than some of our other uh, assignments, but um, reading that background material and um, the, the preface uh, will be crucial for for next week uh, and then then we really start going on <laughs> the lectures but, um yeah any other thoughts and questions or anything um we've already talked about arrival in the watch party so like upcoming sometime we'll be working on that uh, just a, a question along that line um so there's like two different ways to to basically watch it either Amazon Prime or on YouTube, which one have you already purchased it on? Because like if we do a watch party, uh, I don't know, the way that I'm thinking, it does require that you've actually purchased the movie, not just the one person purchasing it. Everybody else wouldn't be able to watch along with it. Um, so like, is there a preference there? I, I've watched it on Amazon Prime. It works good. I can filter out any of the, the cuss words kind of thing, but um, Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, there's only like, there's the one. The bit, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a couple of like, of English ones that I don't necessarily, can I don't you, know. Them. <laughs> can you play it on Zoom and we can just do it on Zoom? I think when we were doing Zoom church, we did a video like that. Mm -hmm. So if we do it like that, um, so let me just show you real quick. Let me pull that up, like what it looks like and see if that works for you guys. Um, I did Amazon Prime. Okay. We did Paramount and it ends on Thursday. Okay. So just a second. I wanted to test this out with a group, so this is the perfect time. Um, perfect time. So as I screen share this, You'll see soon enough. Hurry up. When I was practicing with it earlier, it was really pixelated on the other screen. So like it, it shows up clear for me, but does it work for you guys? Let me mm -hmm. get to like a. So I think if we watched it a couple of times, pixelated isn't going to matter to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, it does that great. work enough for you guys? Okay. So let's just do that then, because then that wouldn't require you to purchase it necessarily. And um, and that way we could pause it and just do a Zoom class like we're all used to, no additional software needed. Bring your own popcorn. Yep. <laughs> It'll be like so, the Paso for supper. <laughs> I like the words on there too, so that you can read it if you're not like hearing uh, it. So which is amazing because there is quite a few symbolic elements that are only in the captions. They're not in the actual movie. So like, at least on Amazon anyway, um, that, 
anyway, we'll point those out when we watch it. Let's do it. Um, so when I originally posted it, I was saying uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for this week. Um, does that work? Does that not work for people? Works. Works. I'll make it work. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm in a different time zone, but I mm. might be able to. I'm kind of iffy on the time, but I don't want to hold anybody back. Mm -hmm. Where I have another class on Thursday night at seven at the church, but I okay. could skip one. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Janet. You know, and we might be able to do a couple of different sessions where it is like on Zoom. I was trying to think with just the Amazon Prime thing. And I was like, oh, this has got to be a one-time thing because I'm not doing this again. But where it is on Zoom, we could probably do a couple different sessions, you know, and, and try to make it work. But Can you tell me the time again that you said, and I'll figure out what the time would be my time. I, I might have met, uh, misunderstood. Uh -huh. So your time would be Thursday at 6 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would work. Can you same time zone? Lisa. So as far as recording it, like I'm I can on the, I'm on the uh, in the Oregon area, so I'm the same as Tracy, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. So ours is always just one hour before them. That's right. So like when I, it was a while back, but when I uh, showed a clip from uh, Hosea, the Amazing Love Story, or whatever, um, YouTube flagged it, and then they gave me a penalty off of it. So like I mean, like I can record it. But then I would just have to like Dropbox you the file, which is going to be huge and stuff like that. I wouldn't be able to to upload it like I normally do. But I mean, we could figure out some way, I, I guess. And so that's why it'd probably be like a live session, and we could try to do something that that works for everybody a couple different times or something. I don't know. I don't want you to get any penalties. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they paused my uploading for a while. Um. Let's see what else oh education week so uh education week is quickly approaching uh anyone that, that wants to based on my schedule we have monday night um from like what is it like five o'clock on or tuesday through friday um i have from 7 10 p.m on each night where uh, we can definitely get together uh, probably in the wilkinson center and like get together talk about classes swap notes get to anyway uh whatever we want to do but just knowing that that's my schedule i've posted it on the learning zion facebook group um like a i don't know it was kind of long wasn't it <laughs> like a 30 minute video of me working through the schedule picking out which classes i wanted to do so that you could kind of um anyway see where i'm at and also learn how to to make your own ideal schedule if anybody wants help one-on-one -on -one, uh, because i you know i've been there i know the campus pretty well and stuff like if you want to create your perfect schedule like i'm willing to hop on like a good zoom call and uh, work that out with you that's uh, nice of you to offer the, the, the schedules out then uh -huh, yeah it came out on yesterday and Ooh, okay. um go watch cameron's video he's so excited it's just like <laughs> christmas <laughs> i might be a little bit of a geek yeah i get it <laughs> so who's all going um, let's see. So Rossanne and Kathy Barton and Alethea are for sure because they've already contacted me, but I don't know anyone else. I don't know. Is Kathy I, am, I am considering it depends on there's a couple of factors that will come into play. So I've got my fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, Stefan Harlan always does 
uh, uh, Neil, I believe, said that he was going to try to this year. Nancy goes. Oh, yeah, I'm staying with the Wheelers, so, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they offered. I haven't confirmed yet, so. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway, anything else before we close out for the night? If not, we'll probably see some of you here in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, hi, hards. Sorry, what was that, Laura? We're on for Thursday at seven. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and, and do that. For this Thursday at the seven, I'll post it again on both Learning Zion and the Facebook group and um, put that back on track. <laughs> But we, I mean, if you can't make that one, uh, we'll, we'll definitely plan another one um, where we can uh, get together and, and discuss that. <laughs> it's so weird that, I mean, I never thought I would ever be hosting a watch party for some <laughs> alien movie. I mean, that is the <laughs> furthest thing from my wheelhouse, but it's so fun. I'm, I'm super excited to get to talk with people about it and stuff because I've just been like, you know, when like, you're just like on something and the lord's like taught you something cool and you're just like oh, i want to talk about it with people but <laughs> well, i found out that my husband's watched it about seven times well yeah. eight times we watched it together and i don't ever watch anything yeah so i watched it and that's pretty amazed and i'm excited to hear what you have to say so maybe he'll come to the watch party yeah. he will. He, he's with us every night he's here. oh okay he's oh he's quiet he out, but he hears what we say mm -hmm. <laughs> all right well it's been fun we'll uh, catch each other next week for a preface uh, lectures on faith it's it's gonna be a fun fast ride once we actually get into those it's gonna be awesome all right well have a great week everyone Thank you. see you Bye -bye. Bye -bye.